0: Hi everybody, welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach O'Keefe from Biola University out in California. Welcome, coach.
1: Hey, Matt, how's it going? Good to be here.
0: Ah, thanks for being here. Uh, you know, I, I love getting I'm I'm East Coast here in Florida, so nice to talk to some West Coast uh representation. Um but uh but let's start talking about recruiting. We're just a few days uh past the, the June 15th date, so uh were you guys hot and heavy in calling class of 25s or are you more focused on 24s? Kind of give me an overview of what your normal recruiting calendar might look like.
1: Yeah. So I would say on, on that certain day, just a couple of days ago, we had uh, a decent amount of emails go out as for our class 2025s that we've been interested in for the different tournaments, different recruiting, um, all different types of stuff that we wanted to invite them out to uh, a select group of guys to a, a camp coming up. And so we, you know, just, We've been on the hunt for a long, long time, and recruiting never ends. And so, our primary focus at this point is 2024. Um, of course, 2023 is all wrapped up; is it's June of of, uh, of 23, so that class is finished. But we're hot and heavy in the in the 24s, I would say. But the, the 25s are always, always in the back of your mind.
0: So, g- give me an idea because I know on the women's side it skews a little earlier. But when would you say? So, like you said, you're you're hot and heavy on the 24s. When would you say you'll have half of that class kind of wrapped up versus three quarter versus done and dusted?
1: Yeah, this year's is quite unique from, from most years because uh, we lost such a large senior class and COVID really skewed that senior class. So we had 10 guys graduate uh, with and we had another three or four guys who still had eligibility who didn't have to choose one way or the other. Um, and so we had a huge, huge amounts of, of exodus this year because of, because of that, 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 COVID extra year. Um, and because of that, we have a massive recruiting class. And so this is the largest recruiting class 2023 that we probably, probably will ever have fingers crossed. We're bringing in 18 or 19 guys, um, which is quite substantial, of course. And it's the most that I'd ever want to bring in, in one. It's more than I'd ever want to bring in in one year, but it's just the, the, the hand we are dealt with the COVID times, um. So yeah, I would say we'd have half of our recruiting class done. As a Division II school, you're a little bit behind the Division One eight-ball, um, because there's a lot of those top-talented guys, those MLS Academy, high-level ECNL, those types of players who are waiting for their Division One offers, and they're not going to accept the Division Two offers often uh, until they can get those answers from Division One schools. Uh, and so we are not halfway done probably until probably until December. Uh, about halfway, and then until. March ish, March maybe early April, then we're completely
0: done. Okay, well, now you mentioned you know such a big class, and obviously COVID's thrown a wrench in everybody's plans or in things. Now I I look at your roster, and it seems like you guys have been pretty hot and heavy with the transfer, with a lot of transfers. Mm-hmm. People have played other places, so even though you're bringing in such a large class, I'm guessing it's a mix of first year, second year third year type players, right? It's not 15 freshmen, right?
1: Yeah. You, you, Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. So with 18 incoming guys, we have, I want to say six true freshmen, three gap year freshmen, nine transfers and those nine transfers. So that's going to kind of end up being nine freshmen and nine because those gap year guys, nine freshmen and nine transfers. And in those nine transfers, you have guys who were redshirt freshmen. Um, at Friday Division One school across the nation on the East Coast. You've got guys who are coming to do their master's degree, 23-, 24-year-old guys coming from other universities in the U.S. after experiencing the U.S. playing college soccer, or even guys coming from Europe who have never played college soccer before but are going to come work on doing their MBA here at Biola. Um, and so you've got all different types of ranges and scenarios to community college guys right in our backyard. Uh, you've, you've got a huge, huge, vast variety of guys.
0: Okay. well. When you're recruiting, you know, are there events that are top of mind, ones that you got to hit every single year? Or are you recruiting more uh, locally, regionally, nationally, internationally? What what does that kind of look like for you guys?
1: Yeah, so our roster typically ends up being 30% international. So it's, we're the roster of about 32. We usually carry we're carry somewhere about nine internationals, I think, is what we'll carry this year. Uh, off the top of mind, it's, I know our roster is set, but off the top of mind, somewhere between eight and ten. Um, and with those international guys, almost all of them are going to be transfers. Typically, um, typically we like to see the transfers actually be successful in the college game first, and then it's 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 very common that uh, that guys coming from abroad when they come to the U.S. they don't end up in you know the prime state that they were wishing to end up in, and so an opportunity to come live in Los Angeles and go to school it's pretty, uh, pretty easy to recruit international guys. Once they're here in the US, Already, to get on the portal, they find out, oh my gosh, there's a school in Los Angeles. That's a dream place to go to, a dream destination. So that makes it a little bit easier. Um, so typically our international guys, we only get as transfers because they've been conference player of the years or that sort of caliber from where they're coming from. Um, but for as far as those guys, who, as you're talking about certain events, Uh, Division two budgets are different than division one budgets. Division two schools are going to go to less of the non-regional, non-locally tournaments recruiting opportunities that you would as a division one. So lots of division ones in Southern California, there's probably nine division one schools or 10 in Southern California. And the same amount of 10 division twos, probably 10 division threes, 40, if not 50 community colleges, probably seven or eight NAI schools all within a, one and a half hour radius of where we are. It's a hub of something I It's like the LA Orange County area is massive. And so from where we are, we don't need to leave our region too often. And because we have the college surf cup, we have ECNL showcase, MLS, uh, the MLS showcase, all those things are in our backyard right here in our area. The only thing we will attend is sometimes we'll attend some some camps that are going to offer an opportunity for us to go out and stay there overnight. We can have an opportunity to go see the talent that's in. Often we'll do Texas, often we'll do Oregon or Seattle, Vegas, those type of areas that are still quote-unquote Western region. Um, Yeah, that's kind of where we're, we're mainly focused, though.
0: Well, you mentioned camps. Do you guys do your own ID camps? Are those important in your own recruiting process? Yeah, I appreciate
1: you bringing that up, Matt. I would say our camps have been... Of our incoming total nine freshmen, seven of them have attended our own bio ID Camp, seven of the nine, which is incredible, um, especially we have one we do every summer called the Overnight ID Camp. Uh, and our Overnight ID Camp we do just one time a summer, it's a two day, or sorry, three day and two nights. And at that camp, we from this from this recruiting class alone, we have five guys who attended that one. So we cap it at 30, 30 members, and that could be, you know, incoming seniors. So it could be a rising senior, junior, sophomore at that camp. Um, and we cap it at 30. So we have the opportunity to spend three days and two nights in the dorm rooms and that type of stuff, just really getting to know these guys. And Bio is a very, very unique school in the sense that it's a, it's a very strong religious Christian school. And so every single student athlete and not just student athlete for that matter, every single student that graduates from Biola is going to get an undergraduate um, minor degree in biblical studies. So it's 30 units of Bible they're going to take in the course of their four years, which equates to 10 classes. And so you're really looking for a specific type of kid, a kid who really wants that education, wants that type of thing. And so when we're looking for incoming freshmen, it's certainly something we're looking for in the recruiting process. And we know that if they're spending the money, spending the time and the investment of what it takes to actually get to, get to Biola and get to our camp, then we know they're interested in those things up front. We don't have to go through the conversation the recruiting process to try to sell them on that because we know they want, you know, the religious part of that, that aspect.
0: Okay. Well, you mentioned uh, the things that you're looking for in that recruiting process. So what, what is that, the hierarchy of things that you're looking for, whether it's on the field stuff, off the field stuff, what makes a player stick out to you or somebody you want to bring to Biola?
1: Yeah, um, and for for every MLS academy, international European academy, high-level, you know, Bundesliga-type player, we also have the guy who's literally right in our backyard who's never played what you call, quote-unquote, high-level club soccer. So he's not an MLS or he's not an ECNL player. But he's just an absolute baller. And on top of being a great athlete, at the end of the day, your relationship with a student athlete versus the coach is an incredibly tight bond. It's incredibly tight. And as a coach, um, I pour uh, every coach who's going to say the same thing. So this is nothing unique to myself, guys. We pour so much into the, you guys as student athletes. And if we are going to be pouring so much effort, energy of our heart and our soul into you, we want to make sure it's someone that we can get along with, someone that we like, someone, someone that we want to have a relationship with, someone that down the road we could see still being connected with in 10, 15 years. And so that character aspect is probably the number one most important thing that has led us away from not signing players. We went to go watch United Club tournament. They spouted off, cussed out a referee, got a yellow card. They were disrespectful to their coach after getting subbed off, all those types of things. And so character is going to be the number one aspect we are looking for. If we have two players who are very similar in level and one guy has, even even if he has a little bit lower GPA, but his character is highly above, he's going to get the offer way ahead of a guy who's just he's out for himself. It's about his own ability. And he gets frustrated with his teammates when he doesn't get the ball and that sort of stuff because that there's no room for that in the college game, especially not as an incoming freshman. When you're a very highly competitive program, uh, the, the playing time for freshmen is not quite as where it would be at and maybe some other programs who are maybe not quite as competitive yet.
0: Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, in terms of uh what us parents tend to tend to focus on sometimes when we're we're looking at schools is is how much is this going to cost me, right? So, I'm not I'm not holding you to hard numbers here, but if you could just give me a, a an overview of what the rough cost of attendance is, especially for a student athlete, maybe what what's the scholarship situation, both academic, athletic, what does everything look like together?
1: Yeah, yeah, awesome. So Baylor University tuition's about 46K, and you're gonna add in about uh, about $12,000 for your housing and your food. So you'd call that, you know, your, um, what'd you call it? Your uh, room and board at about 12,000. So right around 58,000-ish is what you're gonna go per year. Uh, and I would say an average GPA of our team at a high school is probably at 3.5, 3.6, which is gonna get you a $20,000 scholarship right off the top. You have any type of FAFSA any type of extra opportunities from from free money hopefully you're all signing up for FAFSA and doing those things because you never know what you could qualify for not just loans but grants and all different types of stuff um and especially if you're in the state of California if you're in this state of wherever you are I, I'm pretty sure it might be the same out in Florida right there's a Florida grant for Florida residents going to Florida schools yeah. similar for most states I'm assuming yeah, yeah. and we're a division two school and so like like all division one division two schools we do have athletic scholarships we're not a division one school so not fully funded but we are funded very you know we're very blessed to have the the amount of funding that we do have
0: okay well let's talk a little bit more about the school I know uh yeah I've been to LA lived, lived there a summer but uh didn't know about Biola then and I've never been yep. so uh you have the unique perspective as an alum if I'm not mistaken as well so uh kind of give us what's the what are some of the great things about Biola that and maybe some of the things we wouldn't even know by going through the website
1: Yeah. Um, there's a reason why I'm an alumni and why I came back. And the reason why five of my six staff members are alumni have chosen to come back from the ages of 50 to the ages of me who's in his, who's still in his 20s. We've had the opportunity to come back here to coach because we love not just the area where we're living, which is Southern California, Orange County, LA County, right on the border there. So weather all year long is somewhere between 60 and 80, and we have sun 350 days a year, um, So the weather's obviously a big, massive thing, but what makes Biola so unique and so special is the people. We're not a commuter campus. We're not a place where people go, stop by, go to class, and go home. We're a place where you do life. So everyone lives on campus, every single one, but maybe one or two of our student-athletes on our team. So 30 guys live on campus in the dorm rooms, and that's across the board of probably the 4,000 undergraduates who live on campus. Almost all of them live there. And so... Campus life is phenomenal. It's fantastic. No matter what time you leave, go out of your dorm room, you're going to find people walking around campus, in the coffee shops, in the library. Very supportive. We have incredible support from our student athletes. So we get our sorry from our student population. Great support at soccer games, at basketball games. Doesn't matter what sport it is. Great support for the sports on campus. Um, I think the small schools feel as well is really important because uh, class sizes are 30 or less, maybe four, 35 or 40 or less. If you're in you know some of the the general classes in your freshman year, maybe a little bit larger, um, but that personalized feel you get at a private school is is so unique and so different than you're going to have at a school with fifty, you know, thirty, forty thousand students. And you're, you know, that's that's part of what the, kind of the cost comes with is is that more personalized touch.
0: No, oh, sounds great. Well, besides sports, right, folks are coming to get their degrees and and academics are a key component so how do your student athletes really balance the the demands of both the classroom and on-field activities and kind of what support systems does the school offer to ensure the success of of the student athletes
1: yeah that's that's a really good question Matt because we are we're a very unique uh, division two conference where we have our conference spreads so far and wide we have three schools in Hawaii we have soon to be, I think, five schools in Northern California, like six or seven, like two schools in Central California and a bunch of schools down in Southern California. So our travel is busy. You know, when we do these Hawaii trips, we're gone for 10 days at a time. And so having the ability to maintain high, high academics as being a student first is, is difficult to be honest. It's not an easy thing. It's being a student athlete is not for everything. It's very, very hard to balance both things. Particularly when you have an incredibly demanding on field coach too, like myself, who you have a twenty hour you are we max out our NCAA hours of twenty hours per week. So we are in the weight room three days a week. We are on the field six days a week. Even if we don't have a game, we still have practice on Saturday, or we have strikers finishing practice in the morning on game days too. Doesn't matter. We're on the field a lot. And when you're not on the field, you're you're either in the study hall room, which we've got study hall happening every week, required mandatory for our student athletes. So there's tutoring options available on campus. There's tutoring options available to have one-on-one private tutorings or actual small group tutorings, mandatory study hall for just our team, with the captains and the upperclassmen kind of be there to, to oversee and to lead, um, as well as all types of individual um, uh, academic success plans. And so we have, sometimes we have games that are, you know, eight Wednesdays in a row. And that means if a student has a Wednesday night class, they're gonna miss eight out of the 16 offerings that year. So they're gonna miss 50%. By rule, they flunk and they fail that class by missing 50% of the courses. But our professors are incredibly gracious to work with the student with the athletic department. And we have independent study programs for those student athletes, uh, recorded Zooms like we're on right here. For opportunities for them to still be engaged in, in class whether they can watch it live from their hotel room or they can watch the recording if we're in hawaii and we're a different time zone they can watch it at a different time or we're in, you know we're nationals in texas which is where we had to go the last two years unfortunately um you, there's always an opportunity to watch the recording of the class and then you a- answer a few simple classes to do to uh, to get some things done afterwards to get your course credit
0: okay no that's great well do me a favor, kind of walk me through a typical week during the season when our classes, practice times, meal times. I mean, you talked about the game being, you know, with travel. Uh, what's kind of the game cadence? What days of the week? That sort of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, really good question there. So, we typically practice in the mornings. We we don't. Uh, there's classes going on all times of the day, and so we have to tell our student athletes, hey, when you're choosing your classes. You're going to block off this time Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're typically in the weight room at like eight to nine a.m. in the mornings, so you're, or nine to ten. So you're going to block off nine to ten for that, and then we're going to train ten thirty to twelve thirty. So you're basically blocking off your nine a.m. to twelve thirty for practice, basically five days, you know, all those days of the week. And then you have your time before weight training, where and before training, where you're going to be in the um, in the uh, the athletic training room. So that's Pretty much, most of your mornings for our program, we run our practices in the mornings. All programs are different. That's just when we, as a coach and staff, prefer to get the guys when they're most fresh is, is in that morning time. Um, and then most of the guys will have classes in the midday, afternoon, evening times. Um, typically, a student athlete at a student at Biola does not have class on Fridays. It's not often, commonly a thing um, for whatever reason or not but we're gonna have opportunities to have online courses as well in case, let's say that you have an opportunity to take a, a Wednesday night class that you think in your mind, you know, I really, what, I'm really, i not used to a good nighttime student, nighttime thinker, that's really important because ultimately you're here to be a student first. So you're not a good nighttime thinker, you might say. Um, you have an opportunity to take that course online. Pretty much every course has an online offering at the same time as an in-person one. So typical week, you're gonna have practice Monday through Saturday. You're going to have weight room Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and you're going to have film sprinkled in there at different times. We do film after and before every single match. And if we have an away match where we have to take a flight, which is everything in, you know, Central California, Northern California, Hawaii, we're always going to leave the day before. We're going to leave at, like, our flight's going to leave as early as humanly possible, so probably 7.30, 8 a.m. in the morning. We're going to leave bright and early to get to the airport, to land wherever we're going, train that same day on that Wednesday, play the match on Thursday, have the rest of the day on Friday to rest, play again on Saturday, and depending on game time on Saturday, we'll either come home Saturday night or Sunday. Okay. Yeah, that's a, t- a typical week here at Biola. Awesome. Fair, yeah. I'd say 20 hours a week of soccer, and then 20 about about that same amount of time as you have in soccer for, uh, for school. And there's not much time outside of that for relationships outside of your sports team, <laughs> as pretty much all student athletes can probably uh, affirm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I, I married a uh, a fellow fall athlete uh, from, from my college days. Now she was volleyball, but you know, it was mm-hmm. the same thing. Spent more time in the gym than anywhere else. So um, well, let's talk a little bit more about the the, the soccer side of things. I mean, you, you mentioned the roster size and you mentioned you, your staff. So how big is your staff? What role does everybody play? What kind of support staff is also there that maybe helps you out?
1: Yeah, yeah. Re- yeah. Really good question. I love talking about my staff. So we have six members of our men's soccer staffs that includes myself i've got a a full-time lead assistant coach uh two more assistant coaches and two volunteer guys and everyone beside my lead assistant is all an alumni from biola um and i would say we have a a one of the assistant coaches the one of the guys who's paid is our normal goalkeeper coach and we always have an extra goalkeeper coach who he has he kind of carries dual roles and if so there's no matter what, there's at all times every session, there's one or two goalkeeper coaches available because that's such an important part of the, the goalkeeper growth process is having that coach. And so that's how I guess our coaching staff works. Everyone has different responsibilities versus what they need to do, be doing in the office on a daily basis. Um, or it's post-game preparation. So post-game just happened. We need to review the film, we need to get the film ready to prepare for the next day, or our pre-game coming up, and we need to make sure our, our film is ready and updated to to kind of to give to myself so that I can develop a game plan for the next game because you never go out the same way every single game. That's kind of insanity. You're always going to prepare a little bit differently based off of what, she, what uh, the kind of team are going to attack. So that's always important the to film, to prepare to, so that we can schedule it a few days before we can spend a couple of days training, getting ready for the next match. Each staff member's got some different responsibilities, but I would say my, my lead assistant full-time guy carries a bulk of those responsibilities.
0: Okay. Well, how would you describe your style of coaching and the team style of play?
1: Oh, really good question. Uh, My style of coaching, I I would say I'm a very relational guy. I think that that relationship, as we talked about in the recruiting process, is so, so important. Again, I'm sorry about the dog here. He's he's seeing a bird in the window or something. (laughs) Um, uh, Very relational. And so that one-on-one relationship is the reason why I got the coaching. It's not the wins and losses for sure. Um, no matter what title championship we've won game we've won game we've lost nothing can ever amount to relationships that are able to get built so opportunities to go to guys weddings opportunities to go to guys baptisms opportunities to go to whatever um, all those types of things and down the road hopefully it's opportunities to meet their kids I'm I'm too young to be able to have the opportunity to do that yet but that was who my coach was when I was here at Biola um, was that guy you can walk into his office not talk about soccer for 45 minutes and then walk right back out all you did was talk about life a major decision a minor decision just to just to you know shoot the sticks and see what's going on just to talk about the, your day that sort of stuff is the reason why I love coaching soccer just happens to be the sport um and on top of that it's a co- uh, game style coaching style I am very demanding as a coach and so it's important that you know the relationship between on and off the field is there's there's respect, there's humanity, there's everything of how I see you dignity I Love you as a person as a, as a very important, the first time we ever have conversations with players and it's and it's face-to-face, we're gonna have to deliver a big blow to them whether you're not starting tonight, you're not playing with any of those types of things. It's I'm gonna separate you as the player and you as the person. You as a person will never change how I, I feel about you. Nothing you do on the field will ever make me love you more, or love you less. But you as a player, these are the things where you're making huge mistakes in on the field for the team. This is where you're costing. This is why you're not starting tonight. All those types of things. That clarity is super, super important. Uh, but a very demanding coach. Uh, I was very demanding out of myself as a player. And I I don't just do this for fun. I definitely want to win. And so it's a big part of what we do. You know, At the end of the day, every coach wants to keep their job. So winning is, is sort of important, but it can't be the reason why you do what you do. If winning becomes everything, then the players become objects and the players don't become humans and it doesn't become growth. It becomes, how do I grow? And that is just going to lead you down a pit of misery and a pit of horribleness. So I hope that helps a little bit.
0: No, I think that was fantastic. Well, coach, we've covered a lot of different areas and I really do appreciate your time. And I always like to end these on on, with one question. And that's, if you had one piece of advice, one nugget of information, something that you would love every parent, player, family going through this college recruitment process to know, what would that be?
1: Yeah, I would say um, the recruiting process is personal. And so for the 400 emails we woke up to in our inbox this morning from the last five days, um, it's, not, it's, it's, it's a very personal touch that we need to be able to actually find you. And so if you really, really want to to go to those schools, I'm sure you've had a lot of coaches on here say, hey, map out maybe five or ten of your ideal schools and chase those schools. Absolutely. Um, each and every email we get that says, hi, coach, comma, and then it's a blanket email. We don't even get to the first sentence in the email. We just delete it and move on because that also went to 150 other schools. And I don't know if you remember being, you know, when you were trying to date your, your wife and find the one perfect one for you, but I guarantee you, you didn't send out 150 emails to different girls and figure out who stuck, right? You found the one that you really wanted to, the one that was really attractive to you. That you just, I, I'm, I'm going after that one. Uh, If I, you know, if if it works, it doesn't, I'm going for that one. That's how your recruiting process needs to be with about five to 10 schools. Um, And it's, it's, I will also want to end with saying that um, it's not for everybody. Don't, there's many ways you can play soccer while you're in college that do not involve being a student athlete at that university. So whether you play on the club team at the school, it's less demanding. You're not, you know, required to be 20 hours per week. That's a lot of time, guys. You're not required to be as many hours. Every single team meeting, every single X, Y, Z, there's so much extra that goes on outside of just practice alone, right? So there's playing on an outside team. You can come to Biola University and play on one of the dozens and dozens and dozens semi-pro teams of UPSL Premier, all the way down um, versus playing for the club team that plays for Biola. For any of you guys out there, you need to understand that sacrifice is not like it is in high school. It's not where you just go to school all day and you just stumble into practice. No, you've got 25 to 30 guys who are fighting for starting spots, fighting for scholarships. Every single player on our roster was either a captain or number one player on the team they went from. And they're all trying to come here. And I know we didn't well, talk about this too much. Coming from in here for the first time. So I know we didn't talk about the, the freshman um, playing time expectations. And I think managing those is super important. Um, I'll tell you that if you are, it's super important that you play as a, as an incoming freshman you need to either be an absolute stud like a freak of nature full ride player going to your school and you're, you need to have that open conversation with your coach or if you want to be at that prime school who's a you know clemson does not have many freshmen starting not many um teams who make the national tournament not many freshmen starting if you look at our roster from this last fall we had one freshman who started consistently and that's because he played three years for Inter-Miami on the second team. He was a pro for three years already. He was an incoming freshman. That's usually what it takes to be a freshman to start at the highest levels, whether it's Division One high levels, Division Two highest levels, if you're a national tournament breaking team and itching toward that point. If you were a freshman starting on your team, think about it. Drop your ego. What does that say about the team you're going into if you are an 18-year-old and you're starting above all the 21, 22, 23-year-olds on the team? That your ceiling is only so high, but if you're a freshman coming in, you realize, man, these guys are a little bit older than me. They're better players right now, but I can grow and I can grow and I can become that player and try to exceed that player's expectations. By the time I get there, by the time I'm a sophomore, junior, senior, when my real opportunity does come, that's where you're most of your team. So you can find anywhere in the the, the Sweet 16, national tournament for Division One, Two, II, or Three, you're going to find they're mainly starters of sophomores, juniors, and seniors with a rare sprinkle of a freshman here or there. So manage your expectations. There certainly is opportunity for everyone out there. Every coach wants to win. So if you are better than the guy in front of you, there's a good chance your coach is going to put you in because they would like to win at the end of the day. And if you're going to help them win more than the other guy, good chance you're going to be in there. Uh, But I'd say managing that expectation is super important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great advice, coach. Well, I really appreciate the time. Thanks for letting us know a little bit more about Biola. Wish you best of luck in the fall with all these new players you got coming in. And uh, well, if, if you ever get across the country to Bradenton, Florida for any recruiting, give me a shout and we'll definitely get together. All right.
1: You got it. you guys have messy now so I don't know how close you are to that but i gotta make my way out sometime
0: uh it's it's a it's a good three hour drive but uh but when they play Orlando that's a little closer so uh we'll have to see uh but uh it'll it should be fun for sure
1: awesome matt thank you so much guys
0: thank you